All right, welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Before I jump into some news surrounding the Sixers and Joel Embiid, don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. Paul, Jackson, Seamus, Steve, Sean, the entire team will have you covered for all things Sixers now as we get into the final half of the NBA schedule. So Sixers coming off. A pretty weird 133-113 win over the lowly Houston Rockets. Now, you look at a 20-point game and think, how could that have been weird? It was close at halftime. The Sixers were actually down at the at the half, so uh, there was a lot of, of griping on Twitter. Tobias Harris, of course, um, had his little spat with the fans in terms of saying, don't effing clap after he made a basket, and he had some boos in the first half after missing his final shot of the second quarter. But the superhero to the rescue. Joel Embiid, 31 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, had a triple-double, dominant, dominant throughout his entire last month, was rewarded by the NBA as the Eastern Conference Player of the Month, uh, ended up finishing with 29.2 points, 11.2 rebounds, just under four assists a game, uh, 1.3 blocks, does everything that the Sixers need him to do, a legit MVP candidate, he had eight double-doubles as well during the month of December, um, and we've seen the difference with Joel in the lineup, obviously, when you got an MVP level candidate compared to the team without Joel in the lineup. You look at Embiid, and when he's there, 17 and 8, the Sixers are overall, they're 20 and 16. So 3 and 8 without him uh, would probably be a, a very close to a lottery team down with the Pacers, Pistons, and Magic at the bottom of the conference. But, you know, looking at this, and I've talked about this a little bit before, is I'm wondering if you want to maybe look at wasting a year of Embiid's prime. He's 27 years old. Other than the COVID issues, he's been relatively healthy. He did miss three weeks. A lot of that was because of the league's health and safety protocols. But you're looking at this guy, and, and I've said this before, big men, he's seven foot, 280 pounds. They don't age well in the NBA. And when you have a guy like this who's capable of not only dominating inside, but we've seen him you know, do show what he's showing from the outside as well in terms of his, his three-point shooting, uh, he's over 40% from, from beyond the arc. Uh, you're looking at him, his mid-range has always been one of his strengths, but the way he's been able to, to break guys down, especially big men off the dribble, it's been something to see. And, you know, we're, we're about five weeks away now from the trade deadline. Ben Simmons still on the Sixers. Don't know if, you know, where, where that's going to stand in terms of um, if he'll be there after the February 10th trade deadline. But you're looking at, at, at what, Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, and the entire front office has in front of them. And it's it's interesting because you need to maximize any chance you get when you have a superstar on your team. And we've seen in the NBA, I don't think Joel would do it, but we've seen a lot in the NBA where, where stars want to get moved if they're not in the ideal situation. Uh, and B hasn't been to a conference finals, obviously had that, that disappointing loss to, to Toronto in game seven a couple of years ago, or almost three years ago now. And He's going to start looking at this like, okay, you know what? We have some nice, talented pieces. I think Tyrese Maxey, uh, again, he ended up missing uh, last game, but Ferk played really well against the Rockets in his place. But you got him, you know, on the come up. Seth Curry, a very nice complimentary piece, looking at some of the guys off the bench. I like what I've seen from Matisse Thybul, obviously on the defensive end. Uh, he's up his offensive game, but George Niang. So they got these nice pieces around Joel that complement him, but they do need one more star. And if Daryl Morey is able to work some magic, get a Ben Simmons trade done before the deadline, I really think it puts the Sixers 
amongst the contenders, not only in the Eastern Conference, but around the entire NBA. We've seen the Sixers beat the Golden State Warriors. We've seen the Sixers beat the Brooklyn Nets in their last time out. These are two of the top teams. And, and you're looking around. Chicago, yeah, 25 and 10 leading the conference. DeMar DeRozan's been great. They got nice chemistry there. But I, I'm not scared of Chicago in a, in a playoff series if I'm the Sixers with one more one more upper echelon guy. And I think you're, you're, you're one player away from being the conversation being at least Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly in the East. Then you look at the West, you got the Warriors, the Suns, and the Jazz. So you got those six teams really looking like they could separate themselves in the pack. Miami's been dealing with some issues as well, but I think they're, they're going to be a tough out come time for April and May when the playoffs are beginning. So again, going to have to see how Daryl plays this because, you know, we've talked about this before and we haven't heard a ton of chatter around not only Ben Simmons trade talks, but just in general around the league. We thought that would pick up around December 15th. Then we had the Omicron thing happen where tons of players and almost every team has been dealing with at least one guy missing because of the league's health and safety protocols. And GMs have been scrambling to sign guys who haven't played in five years. So that's probably taken away from the trade chatter, but that's naturally going to start picking up here in the next month or so, given the fact this is going to be the last opportunity for some of these GMs to either load up to make a run in the postseason some of the GMs who are on the teams who are on the bubble of, of getting to a playing spot, they might want to look at strengthening their position. A team like Charlotte, a team like the Raptors, maybe again, not going to bet the house, but maybe make some moves around the edges to, to fill out their rosters. The Timberwolves, another team to look at Sacramento Kings in the Western conference. So we might see, start to see some more movement, but I mean, I don't know. How, how do you feel about this? Let me know on Twitter. Do you think Daryl Morey should look at making a move just to add some pieces to improve the Sixers for the short term and, and hope the move works out and they can make a run centered around Joel in the playoffs? Or is this more of a long-term play? Do you think the Sixers are better off saying, hey, if we can't get maximum value for a three-time All-Star, all-first-team NBA defense-type talent in Ben Simmons, wait until the offseason? Wait until a team gets desperate to make a move. We see a lot of trades at the draft. Maybe we'll see, we could see Simmons move then that you're, you're pushing things to the 2022, 2023 season and hoping to maybe build around Joel and get another three, four years of his prime and having a secondary piece with him that can help elevate the Sixers again, not for the short term, but for the long run, you can talk about that with me on Twitter. I'm at jazzkang 21. That's J A S K A N G two one. I want to share my thoughts on Tobias Harris. As I mentioned, a little bit of hostility between and the Philly faithful against the Rockets on Monday night. I'll do that after a short break. All right, we're back. So Tobias Harris, interesting, interesting case. Started getting some booze. He was only three for 10 in the first half against the Rockets. He missed some shots. The fans let him know, hey, we expect better of you. And then he did end up having this weird thing where he made a bucket in the second half. It was a nice bucket. I'll give him that. It was, I mean, it was aggressive. It was a big boy basket. And he kind of, you could see, read his lips. And again, I'm not saying he said this for sure, but the consensus around social media and the consensus around what we saw, his lip saying is don't F and clap now or don't F and clap. I don't, why would you do that at this point if you're Tobias Harris, right? Yeah, the, the faithful are going to expect more out of you. You're making almost $36 million for the season, more than $37 million in 2022-23. And then the final year of his contract, which is two seasons from now, a hair under 40 million. Yeah. I, I, do I blame Tobias for taking the money? No, that's on the Sixers for, for giving him that much. But when you're looking at it, you're damn right. The fans are going to expect more out of you. We haven't seen him score 20 points in back-to-back -back games since the beginning of the season. Haven't seen him do that. 
The last time he, he scored 20 points in, in, in back-to-back games was legitimately the opener against the Pelicans and the second game against the Brooklyn Nets, which the Sixers lost. Since then, haven't seen him hit 20 points in back-to-back games. And you want to be paying a guy almost $36 million and then upwards of 75 for the next two seasons? Yeah, people are going to be upset with you. Nobody's denying the effort Tobias Harris puts in. I, he's unquestionably one of the team's leaders alongside Joel Embiid. Nobody questions that he's bringing everything he has. But ultimately, this has been a very, very disappointing season. The guy's shooting 45% from the field overall. You know, look at his three-point percentage. It's under 30 for the season, well below his career average. And, you know, I understand he had that bout of COVID and, and Doc Rivers was saying that it was pretty bad for Tobias. It did hit him pretty hard. So you did do want to give him some time to, you know, acclimate and maybe shake out some of the cobwebs. But, you know, since the last time he was missing games due to COVID, it's been almost two months. And there's just been too much inconsistency, obviously in terms of shooting the ball. His decision-making has been awful. Passing up open shots for contested mid-range jumpers. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not Joel Embiid, where the mid-range is almost automatic for, for him. And so you're, you're looking at what Tobias is bringing. You look at his last three games, you know, the guy's shooting 13 of 41. So what do you expect people to, to be like? Do you expect people to be like, yeah, Tobias, we're loving what we're seeing from you. That's not going to happen. And, you know, I, I don't know if Daryl Morey can somehow get rid of that albatross of a contract that Tobias has, but that would definitely free up some space. I don't think any team is going to take on that, that deal with, with, you know, two and a half seasons left. Uh, unless you're attaching some young talent or a ton of draft picks in order to take that, or unless you're just it's moving out money to, to bring in money. And that, that's the other option. And again, I don't think Tobias Harris at this point of his career uh, going on 30 is going to attract that type of attention from anyone. And given his output, when you're looking at his numbers for the season, you know, overall, roughly the same as, as last season, you know, in terms of scoring, he's, he's at 18.3 points per game um, this season. And you, and you look at what he was able to do last year and it, there is a difference and, and, and it's a difference, obviously not having been there, I think is, is, is hurting him. Um, not having that safety net on the offensive end of a, of a guy who's going to be able to create for you. And I think that's where, that's where the Sixers are, are kind of looking at for Tobias. And again, no doubt that he, he brings it every time he's on the court and no doubt that, he does everything he can in terms of trying to win, but ultimately it has been very, very disappointing in terms of the lack of growth and the lack of stepping up in Ben Simmons' absence, right? We expected it, again, from this guy who's, who's earning the money that he's earning. He's, he's averaging less points than he did last year. Again, not surprising, just given the fact how much Ben meant to creating for the rest of the team as rebounding numbers are a little bit up. And his assist numbers are roughly the same. But when you look at the shooting, last year he was almost 40% from deep. This year he's below 29. Field goal percentage last season, over 51%. This year he's at 45. And I think when you're looking at that, that's where people are going to start getting frustrated given the fact of the situation the Sixers are in. They're not this rebuilding team or a team on the rise. They have an MVP candidate in Joe. They have the right guys in terms of rotation players that they can win with but if he's not at his best and the second highest paid player on the team and arguably the second best player on the team although Tyrese Maxey probably playing himself into consideration for that you're looking at it it hasn't been good the Sixers 
are minus 2.2 on a net rating with him on the court um, and just not able to to perform to the level that he's being paid for. And, and you know, you look at his 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 corner three percentage, he's shooting 23 and a half percent compared to 45 last season. So a ton of things that that you're looking at for from Tobias and not a lot of good, you know, between three and 10 feet from the basket is percentage below 50 percent. And you can't have that. You just can't have that on, on both those figures. And I think that's where the, the fans were absolutely right to voice their displeasure with what they're seeing from Tobias. You know, given how much he struggled even in the playoffs, it's like, okay, why are we paying this guy this much? And we're not seeing any improvement or not even any improvement. Tough to improve that much when you're going on 30, but even trying to maybe change things up on how he's approaching the game, making some adjustments, taking those those shots right away instead of being trigger shy when you're catching on the three-point line. Sure, you're, you're shooting a little bit less or far less of a percentage from outside than you were last season, but ultimately that could be the way to start maybe changing things up with his offensive game. And, and again, that's going to be an albatross of a contract. I don't know how Daryl Morey could get rid of it if he can somehow package Tobias Harris in a, in a Ben Simmons deal, maybe take some bad money back, but free up at least a little bit of space. I, I think that would be, you know, that would be the ideal situation, but you're looking at, at, at you know, where Tobias is in the, earning realm of, of, you know, what guys around him. And you, lo- you look at this, okay, Giannis Antetokounmpo, again, exceptional talent, making almost 40 million this year. Jimmy Butler makes 36 million. Anthony Davis, who struggled, but he's at 35. Rudy Gobert is at 35. Bradley Beal's at 33. So you're looking at these guys who are, who are at least performing and living up to those contracts and some of those names that I mentioned. Tobias Harris, 13th high, highest paid player in the league. Is he playing like it? Hell no. So don't expect people to let you get away with it when you're not performing. And I, I think if Tobias has an off night, people will be forgiving. It's just been the lack of consistency this season. As I mentioned, hasn't scored 20 points in back-to-back games since games one and two of the year. So naturally, Tobias, you are going to get a little bit of flack if you're not performing. And, and do you really want to start a war with the, with, with the Sixers fans when you're not doing your best? Probably, probably not a good idea. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on here as, as we're moving forward. I'm sure Tobias will address that with the media at some point this week. Uh, don't forget, Sixers back at it on Wednesday. They're taking on the lowly Orlando Magic. It'll be another opportunity for an easy win. That'll give the Sixers five in a row. And they got a favorable schedule coming up over the next little while here. If you're, if you're looking at that, uh, like I mentioned, they, you know, they beat the Rockets, hopefully beat Orlando on Wednesday to get to five games over 500. And then you look at what's coming up after that, at home versus a Spurs team that's struggling, then against the Rockets again, which is a makeup game on the 10th. And then they get Charlotte at home on the 12th before taking on Boston January 14th at home. That's an ESPN game too. So looking at this, this is a great opportunity for the Sixers to to rack up some wins. So hopefully they can kind of keep on the streak. And as much as I've been trashing Tobias, I'm hoping he could turn it around. Because again, I I don't think he's going anywhere. And for the benefit of the Sixers, we want to see him start to play a little bit better. Paul Hudrick will be back with coming in for a landing after the Wednesday matchup against Orlando. I'll be back in the seat on Thursday, giving you an update of what's going on with everything around the Sixers. Like I said, off the top, don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Always appreciate a five-star review. If you feel inclined to give us one, that'll be a personal favor for me. (laughs) And don't forget as well, check us out at libertyballers.com. We got you covered for all things Sixers.